Hello, and welcome to Blonde Moments Podcast. My name is Melinda Collins. And I am Gina Vogie. And we're here to bring you some stupid shit. <laughs> week after week after week. <laughs> literally. Uh, yeah, literally. We literally. love our poop jokes. There has to be poop somewhere in this episode. I don't know. Um, I have farts. There's farts. Well, of there my, you go. The sum of stories I have. Because today's episode is on labor stories, so birthing stories. So women, man, you guys love to send in your stories, which was so cool. So we have so many of them. I don't think I'm going to be able to get to all of my stories today. So I promise if you don't hear your story today, mixed bag of nuts. <laughs> mixed bag of nuts will be next week yeah so where we share just little snippets of stories from previous episodes that we didn't get a chance to share because we love sharing your stories so much because you listeners are amazing and sending in your hilarious stories and yes i mean so even if you've heard previous episode where it's like drunken nights or fetishes or whatever it is and you still have a story please feel free to still send in your stories to us um you can send us into our email at blonde moments podcast at gmail instagram accounts however Anything. yeah we will still get to them and i promise you uh we will try to write you back and thank you for sending in your story and and share your story yeah because yeah. they've been hilarious. Well, I feel like we could start with your birth story first, <laughs> well, since you just had your little boy. Yeah. Well, I won't go too much into detail because it got pretty gory there for a little bit. But Ooh. basically, I was supposed to be induced because Camden, my son, was supposed to be a really, really big baby. And he ended up only being eight pounds, four ounces. Uh, that's still a big baby. Yeah, but he was eight pounds, two ounces, three weeks before I was supposed to give birth. Right. So they were thinking I was going to be be, like over 10 pounds. Yeah. I was going to be in the National Enquirer, Enquirer, (laughs) National Enquirer for biggest baby ever. Um, And he was actually literally, or maybe he was like a pound or an ounce bigger than than they thought they had thought he was so when they measured him yeah but so that's a big baby that's a healthy baby yeah he's healthy and he's so cute and his little chunky cheek so he's so cute i'm in love um but so they had brought me in on a thursday at five o'clock to induce labor well i had found out there's a thing called cervical ripening which sounds which I never bizarre. heard of. But basically, my cervix was nice and thick. So they needed <laughs> to be <laughs> super thin. So they wanted me to come in and place this drug called Cytotec on my cervix. Well, do you know how they do that? Well, you text messaged me and told me that they... I was being raw dog. They, yeah. <laughs> like, literally, they take this pill and put it on the end of their gloved non-lubed finger and finger you and try to like place it it was horrible yeah like it's like why didn't they put lube on because if they put the lube on then that pill won't stick correctly to your cervix oh but so i had to do this every four hours they kept putting another pill on? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, then there's shift changes. So I was fingered by at <laughs> least seven or eight different women over the course of my 27 hours of laboring. 
which oh, was just man. fantastic. And all of them with no fucking lube. No lube. Oh. Um, and then so at one point they had to place this Foley catheter balloon because I wasn't oh. dilating, which felt like Edward Scissorhands was inside of my body oh. to the point where I even was like, Maddie, I'm done. I'm not doing this. Camden's going to be delivered in a back alley somewhere because <laughs> I – had just reached my breaking point at that point and stuff happened with that i won't get into that because that's pretty gross just female stuff but um finally when that came out of me i was very freaking happy but then you know at the 27 hour mark i was at nine centimeters for four hours and they just could not they could not get me to move and so um i had a different doctor come in and she's like basically said you're gonna have to have a c-section because you're not progressing right and it becomes more dangerous the longer it goes and however and i just started bawling but i was just defeated not because i had to have a c-section but it was just because i was like dude tired yes could we have done this you know like at 9 a.m after (laughs) instead of having them raw dog me oh god I mean, I feel pretty close to some of those nurses now. Where I'm like, <laughs> I think they're my girlfriends. Like, we made it to second base. Well, you know, there is nothing private anymore after you've had a baby. Like, no. there's so many people all up in your vagina. Like. Yes. So it was funny, though, is when I was finally, like, dilating, like, I think I was, you know, five or six millimeters, the anesthesiologist came in and he gave me the epidural, which I thought went really, really well, but you can't feel basically waist down. Yeah, I had an epidural with both kids. Yeah, I kept wiggling my toes because I'm like, all right, I know I'm not paralyzed if I can wiggle my toes. (laughs) It was like this weird neuroses that I had, right? And it was so funny because they said, just so you know... The way that the baby is going to, especially because they broke my water for me. So they gave me the Pitocin, break my water, get the whole thing moving along. But his head's going to start pushing more on, you know, your vagina and your anus or however they said it. So there's oh. a chance because you're- You can poop. You could poop. This is before you're even pushing. This could just happen, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting in bed and Maddie is sitting on this like pull-out couch bed thing to the left of me. And all of a sudden- I let out like this fart and I was like, oh my God, Maddie, I just shit myself. And he looks at me. He's like, are you for real? I'm like, I totally just had a bowel movement. And he's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I did. I can like feel it. Like I can feel it just sitting there. No. Like this material. I don't know. So because you wear these really sexy, huge mesh underwear, right? Mm -hmm. They're just super hot. So then I had to call the nurses. No. And tell them. I had a bowel movement, right? So I ring the bell and the nurse the nurse station answers and she's like, How can I help you? I'm like, Yeah. I think I just had a bowel movement. <laughs> it's like the most embarrassing freaking thing, like calling to say. I just shit in my bed. So, so the nurse and the nurse tech come into the room and I'm like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I can't believe this happened. And they're like, it's okay. This is normal. This happens. I'm like, yeah, but I feel so bad. Like, this has to be the worst part of your job. Like, I felt horrible. And she like, like helps me like roll over and she's like, oh, honey, you just farted. There's nothing here. So I put myself through this embarrassing story and I didn't even end up shitting myself. So... Uh, yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> and then because I had a C-section, I didn't end up pooping myself anyways. And that was a fear of mine of, you know, going into labor and like you're pushing <laughs> oh so hard. But 
Good Lord. But yeah, so that was, you know, in a nutshell, my labor story. But I have to say, if I'm going to have another kid, they're going to have to swear up and down that I can have another C-section and not go (laughs) through 27 hours of labor getting raw dogged by eight different women. Well, it's actually very normal to poop while you're giving birth. Sure. But I mean, if you're giving, if you're actually like pushing you don't probably even care, but at that point, right. I'm just like sitting around chilling, just like pooping myself, <laughs> that like you're shitting yourself. Oh my god! And I'm like, what the hell was I feeling? It was. Really- I love that you apologize to them first, Ugh. and then they are like, "Oh, girl, you just farted." Yeah, it's just like there's nothing here. <laughs> nope, nothing. Were you like relieved though? Like, oh, thanks. I was even more embarrassed, like because it's like I called them out of whatever they were doing to clean up to said clean poop. Up- oh my god (laughs) so we had the most amazing staff though like from start to finish everybody went like above and beyond and i truly am grateful for that because i was so scared i mean that matters a Mm -hmm. lot yeah we had one one particular nurse who her name was connie she just went above and beyond um after camden was born she took him overnight for like five hours so we could sleep get some sleep yeah she she said she's like oh i can take him at some point we're like no no we'll be fine and then we realized we both really needed it and um, she's like okay i'll just take him for a couple hours and if we get a call or something i'll just bring him back in here and i woke up like five or six hours later i'm like oh my god she still had him yeah i mean that was just amazing i mean mean, that's what they're there for right yeah but still i mean you could tell she really enjoyed it. Like when she was, you know, because I still couldn't use my legs for a while and stuff. And she was like taking Camden and like changing him or feeding him, whatever. She yeah. just had this faint smile on her face. Like you could tell Aww, she was just totally. Just a nice person. Just enjoyed what she was doing. I mean, but we had, I think there was another nurse. Her name was Beth. She was just fantastic too. And like she was the one who had to deal with me having that balloon catheter and Ugh, everything. God. And she just was so pleasant and nice and like talked me through everything and then thank the lord for maddie because i mean he just was like softening my head and like rubbing my back and i could not have asked for a better partner through all of this because it fucking sucks yeah for sure like i mean i don't understand how whoever you believe our creator is has us have to go through this nine plus months of carrying this baby around feeling like shit and then you have this whole labor then birth it's like dude can we catch like a break here well i hate to say it for all those people who had hard labors but i had two really easy labors yeah go (laughs) fuck yourself (laughs) i mean i was induced with both of my daughters but I want to say with Jayla, I was induced at about 6.30. I got an epidural, went to sleep. They woke me up and they were like, it's time to push. And I pushed for what? maybe 15 minutes. You didn't even get raw dogged once? No. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I pushed for maybe. Or maybe you did. You just didn't feel it. <laughs> right? Because I had my epidural. I mean, I want to say maybe 15, 20 minutes I pushed and she came out and she was seven pounds 12 ounces so not like tiny oh my god um, and she was born in like 10 24 i want to say so not that long what was that five hours yeah if that and then britain i was induced <laughs> at seven had my epidural and i had her at 11 23 oh my god and she was seven pounds 12 ounces that's crazy and i pushed for about 10 minutes with her yeah so. Uh, ladies, can we all <laughs> just give Gina a big fuck you for this one? Because seriously, 
Yeah, I gotta say, I was really lucky. Now, granted, I gained a lot of weight <laughs> both of them, which thankfully I've lost. So maybe that was it that I had, you know, I was really fat. All right, and had- round two. I'm just gonna get real chunky. <laughs> I could not like I was get my face was getting so swollen when I would smile you couldn't see my teeth. You're ridiculous. No, because now I smile and you can actually see I have I could I have see your teeth. teeth before. You're ridiculous. I, nope. Me and Maddie would always say I look like Kevin from the office because when ridiculous. he smiles you can't see his teeth. But it's coming back, which I'm thankful for. But I have my little my little blessing. Well, at least you didn't have to have Matt watch him coming out too. So like. Chris was holding one of my legs, like reporting to me what the baby's head in my vagina looked like. Okay. And he was like, it looks like a brain. I was like, stop it. <laughs> like, up. I don't want to hear this. He's like, you should see this. And then they had like one of those mirrors on the ceiling that come down and they were like bringing the mirror down. They're like, watch your baby. They're like, take your hands and put your hands down and feel your baby's head in your vagina. And I was like, just no. get her out of me. <laughs> I was like, put that mirror back. I don't want to touch the head that my husband says looks like a brain. I'm like, stop looking. Like, (laughs) See, before we – obviously, I thought I wasn't going to have a C-section. I thought I would be pushing. I had told Maddie, I'm like, you do not need to go down there. Even if they're like, come down here. He was all up in it. I said, you stay by me. You're my support system. I need you up here by me. Well, that obviously didn't happen. But then when I went in for the C-section, they they said, do you want a clear screen or do you want it to be covered? Oh, no, covered. I said covered. Yeah. Well, then – so I get back in there. Maddie is getting like suited up to come into the OR. So they're prepping me. I'm like back in the OR. It was so crazy too. It's like something out of movies where they had those huge lights. Yeah. You know, I'm like, do I go towards the light? <laughs> and anyway, so I have my epidural, which they had to give me more because yeah. I had been laboring for so long and then finally for the C-section. I'm still trying to wiggle my toes, you know, like, because I'm like, I need to feel That was my- a terrifying feeling for me. I was, I had a panic moment and I was like, this is what people who are paralyzed feel yes, like. I started exactly. crying. I told my husband how awful I felt for anyone who was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of panicked. I got like claustrophobic. It's a weird feeling. And then like my left leg felt like it weighed 400 pounds. Yeah. Because I couldn't move it at all. My right leg, before the C-section, I could move it. So it, like it, I wasn't that crazy like in the head about it. But when I went in for the C-section, I was like, as long as I can feel my toes, as long as I can feel my toes, yeah. I know like this isn't going to mess me up. And then she's like, that's going to go away soon. And then eventually I start feeling choggy where I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. The medicine. <laughs> I said to the anesthesiologist, I'm like, did you guys give me something? Because that's really how I felt. And he's like, yes, we did. And I'm sure they told me they were giving it to me at some point. But there was so much going on. Yeah. They talked me through everything. They were just fantastic. Well, it was morphine. And I don't like that feeling. So I'm like sitting there feeling like I'm like running through molasses <laughs> or something. And Maddie finally gets back into the OR by me. And I'm like, I am so high. And he's like <laughs> laughing at me. I'm like, if I say anything stupid, I'm sorry. You have to promise me that you won't let me say anything Aww. stupid. He's like, what are you going to say? I'm like, I don't know, something stupid. But I did not like that feeling whatsoever. But so what was funny about it is you were talking about, you know, seeing everything. I didn't want to see anything. So I had the colored screen up because yeah. I didn't want to see anything. Well, he could have his phone to take pictures. And I'm like, take pictures. I want to see. I want to see what they're doing. He's like, no, nope, you don't. You don't want to see this. Yeah. You don't. And I'm like, just take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see it so bad. And now when I look at like my incision, I'm like, 
yeah, it's probably a good thing he probably didn't take any thing. pictures of yeah. it. It was a, a crazy experience. I mean, I personally, like, yeah, the recovery of a C-section sucks, but, like, he was out of me in 20 minutes and I was out of the OR in an hour. Yeah. I'm like, I just went through 27 hours of laboring. Could we not have done this in the morning? A little bit earlier. But uh, I'm thankful, you know, yeah. for the process. For sure. And whether you have natural birth, epidurals, C-section, whatever – you know, we're all rock stars for for oh all of us God. women for having our babies. No I matter mean, you how maybe you not. Had to get them. You're not so much. <laughs> You're what combined twenty five minutes of right, pushing. Of pushing. You know what though? All the women in my family give labor very quickly, very easily. So I was hoping that I would be the same, and I was. So hmm. friggin' shoot them babies out. So you were induced, and when you went in, they just gave you the pitocin to break yep, your water, and it. that was they it? they started my pit, gave me my epidural. So you already went in there, and you were dilated then? No. Okay, because mm-hmm. I went in. I was not dilated. That's when they – I just I just Or maybe dilated a thinner quick. cervix, I guess. Yeah. You didn't need the cervical ripening no. like I did. Because they broke my water for me both times, too. That's a weird feeling, It too. sure is. <laughs> you sure warned is. me about it. I but did. that was weird. <laughs> It's the weirdest feeling. All for- of a sudden, you just have hot pee you're sitting yeah, in. Yeah, and it feels like like they snapped a rubber band inside you or something. It's weird. I think for me, after having that balloon catheter, I I don't think there's anything that they could do to me again that would be like... I had to have a catheter once, and it was... I still cringe at the feeling of that. Like, but it's ugh. different. That That is different than like a... Because ca- I had a catheter, too, because of the epidural. Right. The catheter where you're – so you're peeing in oh, the Oh, that's bay. right. You said you have to have the balloon This is the thing. balloon one. Ugh. So literally it's like like a fish hook looking thing with a balloon. Oh, and God. Yeah. It's Ugh. terrifying. Oh, my God. I, I have like – I hate to say it this way, but I have like PTSD about it and I could like cry so easily thinking about going through How that. How bad it hurt. It yeah. was seriously the worst thing I've ever experienced. Oh, also I did poop. With both of my kids, too. All right. Well, I guess you are a rock star then. I asked the nurse afterwards. I was like, did I poop? She's like, yeah, honey, we just push it aside. She's like, everybody does it. Yeah. Because I didn't want to (laughs) eat for like two days before my induced Mm -hmm. days. I didn't want to poop. Did you ask to keep the poop so you could go to Walmart and chase after people (laughs) with it? Chase after people with it. I have a funny story that happened to my cousin. So my cousin was young when she had her baby. She was like 16 and her boyfriend was the same age and she has birth, you know, gives birth to her daughter and they have the placenta that comes out and everything. And so my cousin's boyfriend was kind of like her liaison, like to answer any questions or whatever. And the nurse says to him, do you want to keep the placenta? And he looks at her and he's like, I'm sorry, do I want to what? And she's like, keep the placenta. He's like, for what? And she's like, well, some people put them into vitamins or some people eat them. And he just passed the fuck out. He literally just eyes rolled in the back of his head, white face out. You know, I've known people who have asked for the placenta to do that. And the hospital says no. So every hospital must have like their different, you know, regulations Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I'm like, why would you ask like a 16 year old boy? Yeah. I don't think I could do it. I. I don't think I could eat my placenta. Oh, I'm going to go no. ahead and say no. Nope. No. I'm not yeah. even going to go there. You're going to make me puke. <laughs> There's videos online on YouTube to like how to like cook placenta. Oh, my God. That's yeah. disgusting. So, nope. No. Not Hard for me. Pass. 
I have no real use for that. Well, I'm going to share a fun birthing story to kick off our friends' birthing stories. Um, It is from my friend Waylon and his wife, Brittany. Um, And I'm not friends with his wife. I went to high school with Waylon, but I've always thought his wife is so gorgeous. Like, I look at her picture. She's going to think I'm a stalker now. You are. (laughs) She's like, she has like a classic like pinup look. Like, she's so pretty. Anyways. Moving on from my stalking of his wife. (laughs) It says, Waylon and Brittany Crumry, like most couples expecting a child, took every precaution in the book to prepare for the birth of their daughter, Scarlett. But nothing could truly prepare them for what was happening. But nothing could truly prepare them for what happened Tuesday afternoon, March 24th. Brittany Crumney went into labor about 5.30 at their home in Lake Elsinore. I'm not sure what that is. Her mother-in-law, Darla, fired up their Ford Flex and began to drive her to the hospital. But shortly after they got on I-15, they got stuck in very busy traffic. That's when she knew her daughter did not have the patience for rush hour. Oh, no. I told my mother-in-law the baby was coming out, Brittany said. She didn't believe me, so I screamed at her. No, it's time. They pulled over off the side of the freeway near the exit. After calls to 911, Hewitt helped deliver Scarlett in the backseat of the car, catching her new granddaughter in her cardigan-style sweater. Brittany said, despite the urgency of the moment, she remained calm. I was just kind of -of matter-of-fact about it, she said. I knew that my body was controlling everything, and I was going with the flow. My body said, push, and it only took two pushes. It was really quick. It only took about five minutes. Oh, my Lord. Another one. Minutes later, um, Riverside County Fire Department crew arrived, followed by law enforcement officers and an ambulance. They took Brittany to the hospital where Waylon was waiting. He had driven to the hospital in a separate vehicle after dropping off their two-year-old son at a babysitter's house. I made it all the way to the hospital before I even knew that their daughter was already born, Waylon said. She said she hardly had any pain after the fact. She was excited, high in endorphins, and was walking within a couple hours. Wow. Dang, Brittany. That's awesome. Scarlett was born without complications, weighing in at a healthy eight pounds and built Ford tough. (laughs) (laughs) It's cute. It's kind of surreal, almost like it didn't happen, Brittany said. I just kept replaying it through my mind. It's like waking up from a dream. She said that that, um, they wanted their daughter's birth to be 100% natural. And they did, right? (laughs) My mother-in-law was just telling me there in four days ago or five days ago, there was a baby named Camden born at a quick trip. And like near Green Bay. Yeah. I mean, if that baby's coming, they're coming. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where, <laughs> like how, why. Like Camden just wanted to stay in his warm little cocoon, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He was like, don't, I don't want to come out. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome though. It is. Giving birth on the side of the freeway. Like, no, this is happening. I'm glad it was quick for her then. Yeah. I they, like it. I like it too. I wish mine was nice and Five minutes long or two pushes. Yeah, shout out to Brittany. We she follows me in the quick pushing club. Damn, <laughs> you're like bitches. Yeah, I'm bitter as fuck right now. This story comes to us from our listener named Sarah. She says, "Hey, love you, ladies, and your podcast. Here's my funny but short birth story. While I was in the hospital and in labor, the nurses suggested that I sit on the birthing ball. While I was on the ball, my gown kept flapping open in the back." My my husband tugged on the gown trying to fix it, and I told him not to worry about it. He then tugged again, but really hard, and I almost fell off the ball. I turned to him and yelled, everyone is going to see me buck naked in a couple of hours. Stop. Right as (laughs) – 
(laughs) Right as I was saying this, a nurse walked in the room. I was super embarrassed and said, oh, I'm sorry. I don't like to yell at him like that in front of other people. (laughs) (laughs) To this day, my husband still laughs at me saying the in front of other people part. I promise I don't abuse my husband, though, Sarah. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) But it was true. Like, I mean... I know I was walking around with my butt hanging out and eventually just like, who cares? Yeah, there's no privacy when you give birth. There's like none. I mean, think about it. Even with like Brittany, her mother-in-law had to help catch the baby and help her give birth. Like, you don't ever picture your mother-in-law staring at your vag, right? (laughs) No. Just all spread open and brains coming out of it. Yeah. Like... (laughs) You, you don't even expect that, right? But you do what you have well, to do. Well, at least it was her mother-in-law, not her father-in-law. Yeah. That would be really awkward. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm going to need you to catch this baby. All right. So here's another fun one. My doctor was delivering the baby via Ventus, which I didn't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. A vacuum extraction. Oh, okay. I have heard of that. He was pulling, and you do honestly have to put some muscle into it. Those babies are stuck pretty fast in there sometimes. Anyway, the suction cup came off the baby's head. This happens a lot. The father of the baby thought that the doctor had pulled so hard that he had pulled the baby's head off. (laughs) Ow. Honestly, this hurts my incision spot to laugh. (laughs) So naturally punched the doctor in the jaw who went straight down to the ground like a felled tree. Much yelling ensued, people holding the father back, him realizing that the baby was fine once we pointed out the head was still inside. (laughs) Unconscious doctor being pulled into a chair, another doctor coming in to do the delivery, the mother crying hysterically. The dad in jail. (laughs) Oh, my God. We had to have a quick and frantic conversation at the midwife station. Oh, so I'm sorry. This was the midwife. I thought this was the mom. About whether to allow the father to remain in the room. We decided that from his vantage point, it may have appeared that the baby's head had been uh, removed (laughs) and that he had a momentary loss of reason. He was also hugely apologetic and took responsibility for his actions. The doctor who got punched (laughs) took every opportunity afterwards to tell that story as often as possible, and we all laughed. I mean, it's so cute because he must have been just like so nervous, worried, concerned, like everything. Right. And then he thought that he pulled his baby's head off. (laughs) (laughs) My God. I mean, thankfully, obviously, that wasn't the case. But yeah, it's the whole birthing thing is is unknown and terrifying, Mm -hmm. right? I just thought that that was pretty funny. I have a story from Hannah. She said, here's my birth story. After a long time in labor, I got an epidural, and from there on out, it was fairly smooth sailing. At one point, I was chilling in the hospital bed, relaxing, totally numb from the waist down. My husband was sitting in an armchair across the room reading. Out of nowhere, I heard a loud noise, kind of like a jackhammer. It stopped after a few seconds, then I heard it again, even louder this time. I sat up, startled, and turned to my wife, my husband. Whoa, how weird that they'd be doing super loud construction in the maternity ward. He turns to me and rolls his eyes. He says, are you kidding me? That was your butt. (laughs) 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 To my surprise, I had been ripping these absolutely floppy, gigantic, jackhammer-esque farts and had no clue since I was totally numb down there. Whoopsies. How he stayed married (laughs) to me, I'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) kind of like my story yeah 
She didn't even know, though. Otherwise, maybe she would have thought she pooped, too. (laughs) Yeah, I for sure freaking did. My lord. What the hell is that noise, man? That's so loud. That's your ass. That's your ass coming from your own butt. (laughs) I have a short one. Have a family member who works security in a large hospital. Apparently, an Asian family was admitted for the birth of their first baby. Well, the baby came out with darker skin than expected, and the husband went absolutely bonkers. Oh, no. Screaming at his wife and throwing things around the room. (gasps) Like his wife had not been faithful. He had to be removed from the floor because he was absolutely hysterical and scaring the other expectant parents. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can you imagine? No. So being home now, you know, during the day, there's so much court TV on. So, like, I'll be, like, feeding Camden, watching court TV, and there's so many paternity cases. I like those ones where they didn't know they were pregnant. Yeah, I don't even know how that's possible. Well, because you and I both had, like, you know, bellies. But some people legit don't Yeah, but just what your body feels like. I mean, from your nipples to everything, (laughs) like... Kool-Aid nipples. Cool Purple Kool-Aid nipples, which, oh, my God. (laughs) My nipples after birth got to the size of like salami and i was freaked the fuck out like no my areolas better not stay this big how are they how are your nipples now they're fine they're they're i would say 95 percent back to normal there you go Um, cam's like hey give me some of that but i was like no my nipples better not i mean they were huge and i shouldn't say nipples areolas were huge it was disgusting, like hard salami. Like, hey, there's nothing wrong with a large areola. On my breast, it looked disgusting. <laughs> it did not make sense. So, no. I mean, I did have the same thing happen to me because I have small areolas and mine got pretty massive. What What does that? How come your body does that? And then how can it go back to like normal life? Like I don't that? know. Like what's mine did too. It was weird, but I'm not complaining. I'm very happy they went back to normal. <laughs> Same. But I was like, holy shit, man. Like what's happening with these no, things? No, th- th- thank you. So I think it's interesting though, the whole, I didn't know I was pregnant, you know, like you said, because all the things you feel like you feel your baby moving, but then I, they say that it's like gas or whatever. It feels so different than gas to me. Yeah, but have you watched those shows? Mm-mm. It's bizarre to me. I mean, you have people that have toilet babies. I have a story that I found about a toilet baby. <laughs> <laughs> I well, might as want, well just read you it. might yeah. as well just go. Uh, a funny story on labor and delivery. I was a third year medical student and a pregnant woman came to floor in labor She wasn't that far along, as in she wasn't really wincing in pain or screaming or anything yet. The nurse gets her gown, and she goes into the bathroom to change. All of a sudden, we hear a scream, and we run into the room. Her nurse made it there to find a newborn baby with its head in the toilet and feet up in the air. (laughs) The first thing I saw was the mother shuffling out of the bathroom with an umbilical cord coming out of her, and the nurse following behind her with the baby attached still in her hands. It was one of the most bizarre sights that I have ever crossed my eyes. I saw a woman give birth into a toilet. A toilet baby. <laughs> and then she doesn't even, like, call the nurse right away. She just leaves it in there. Well, it said she screamed. Okay. She probably screamed because she went to go use the bathroom. The baby, like, fell out of her. Man. <laughs> I'd be so scared. Like, what if the baby hit its head on the toilet or... Yeah, or drowned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, this story I have is from Lauren, and she actually has two kind of like little quick stories here. 
She goes, okay, I have two good ones. My firstborn, my dog woke me up in the middle of the night, which he never does. I, of course, had to pee. When I got up, I noticed I was wet, but it was 3 a.m. I was so confused. I went to the bathroom to pee, but stuff kept coming out. I waddled back to my bedroom, and I woke up my husband and said, is this my water? I called the nurse, and they said to come in and get checked. My response, I have a hair appointment at noon. (laughs) Can I get my hair done first? Why I asked that is beyond me. The nurse was hysterically laughing. Second quick story. I was a preschool teacher. I took my class to the playground, and as soon as I sat on the bench, my water broke. But I wasn't convinced it was until I stood up, and another teacher saw how wet my dress was in the back and screamed, (laughs) Go, Lauren, go. (laughs) Again, I hate you guys with these freaking, like, water breaking on your own and everything. Quick labor. Quick labor. I wonder if Lauren had a quick labor. I guess she didn't say that, but... You'll have to let us know. We want to know how the labor was. Was it quick? I want to know now. Was it 27 hours long? (laughs) (laughs) Melinda's like, come on. Somebody else have long labors. Everybody else. Well, you know, in the middle of the night, too, you're not really thinking like, oh, I'm going to have a baby. Like, your mind, you're like, well, wait. My hair appointment. Like, I have things I need to do. Like, hold on. I don't know. When I was (laughs) laboring, I'm like, I don't care what would be going on. Get this baby out of me yeah but i like that she wanted to look good yeah i do too she wanted her hair did yeah (laughs) if i'm gonna poop i'm gonna look good (laughs) at least my hair looks good my hers did all right i have a story from our listener her name's jamie she says boy do i have a doozy for you this is definitely one of the ugly births and traumatic in every way When I was 22, I gave birth to my twin boys. I was only 30 weeks pregnant and I labored for 21 hours without so much as a damn aspirin before I was taken in for emergency C-section. That's crazy. Although I was contracting all day since 5 a.m., I was only at two centimeters dilated at 5 p.m. This is my girl. Like, we are, like, on the same path here. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was a multiple birth and so early, they kept me there all day trying to stop the labor and admitted me for the night. By about 10 p.m., it got so bad that I was screaming, sobbing, begging for someone to help me to get a doctor. The nurses just kept coming in and telling me, well, yeah, you're having contractions, but not when you're pushing the little button to track it, which is weird. I I guess I don't know how long ago this was, but mine, I had the monitors on my stomach that could track all the contractions. Yeah, I don't know. I did too. That's how I had mine. She says, why is why that even matters, I'll never know. It got so bad my fiancé was completely clueless and just stood there like a deer in headlights. Aww. He's clearly not good in crisis. After screaming at him didn't work, I called my best friend <laughs> and screamed at her, get your ass here, bring a shovel, we're taking this nurse bitch out. <laughs> I sincerely thought I was going to die, and if I was going, I was taking her with me. I've never felt so helpless and scared in my life. I finally told the nurse that if she didn't get a damn doctor in there, I was going to take my ass down the hallway screaming my face off until I found one myself and to get the fuck out of my face before I smacked the stupid up. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how often nurses have to deal with people like... Well, yeah, especially when she's like feeling when you get to the point of feeling that way, you didn't you didn't just walk in there feeling like that. Right. Like, I mean, there's probably people who do act like that, but I don't think she has been hours and she's panicked and in pain and scared. I can't believe they wouldn't give her something. Yeah. Um, She said that finally worked. The doctor came in and while scolding me for threatening his staff, he checked me again and I was at eight centimeters. I swear on my life, he looked at me and said, oh, yeah, you are in active labor. I screamed at him, no shit, you moron. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I could have reached him over my gigantic belly, I would have beat the crap out of him, and that is not an exaggeration. At that point, they knew there was no stopping this, and they didn't have a high enough level NICU for my babies. So I was transferred via ambulance an hour away to Madison. Oh my god. Before they transferred me, they gave me medication, and I don't remember what it was or what it was for, but I do know that it made me feel like I was on fire, and I mean literally on fire. So, so pleasant. So now I was not only in labor, I was also on fire. When I got to the hospital, they checked me again and I was fully dilated. Both of the boys were breech, so they took me straight into the operating room. The epidural or whatever pain medication I finally got made me so high, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Right? She deserves that after all of this. But I barely remember anything after that. I remember my fiancé bawling his eyes out next to me. He was absolutely terrified and I was laughing at him. I love this girl. (laughs) I remember my nose being so stuffed from crying all day and they wouldn't let me blow my nose. So I was angry about that. And I remember the surgeon saying, oh, man, do you smell that? And then I remember them saying, they're out. There were no cries and I never even saw them. I remember telling my fiance to go with them and don't leave them alone. That was the last I remember until I woke up in recovery. That's crazy. My babies were already five hours old when I got to see their faces for the first time. They couldn't breathe on their own. There were tubes everywhere. They were both less than four pounds each. I didn't get to hold my children until they were two days old. That's hard. Wow, yeah, that's really hard. They spent 48 and 58 days in the NICU before they were able to come home, the second coming home on Christmas Eve. Aww. I know. The doctors tested my placentas and found that baby A had an infection in his placenta called Choreoamnionitis. Wow, maybe that's what the smell was. Choreoamnionitis. That was the smell in the operating room. Oh, yeah, see, I knew. I asked my fiance later on if he smelled it, and he was like, How could you not? It smelled like a rotting pig carcass. Oh, my God. Wow, huh? That's crazy. Because mm-hmm. that was probably dangerous. Sure. Right? I'll have to look that up. I don't really know that, but you would wow. imagine. That would be detrimental to the the baby. Yeah. At that point, I was grateful for the stuffy nose. (laughs) Now they are nine years old and you would have no idea they had such a rough start to life. They are insanely smart, kind, and amazing boys. Me, on the other hand, that day is burned into my brain. I was diagnosed afterwards with postpartum depression and PTSD. Yeah. Many, many months of counseling finally pulled me out of the darkness. I felt so angry about their birth, so cheated out of the beautiful stories you always hear. Mine was far from that. We haven't had any more kids because I'm terrified it could happen again, maybe someday. And I said to her, I'm like, honey, that is beyond traumatic. No kidding. I think I'd be done having kids too at that point. Yeah. I don't blame her. That That's a lot to go through. You know what, though? Shout out for her for getting, you know, the right therapy and stuff for herself, though. Mm-hmm. That's so important. And, you know, she did the right thing, you know. Yeah, yeah I'd have sure. PTSD after that as well. Like, that's, you know, what's so frustrating, too, is they weren't listening to her. Like, mm-hmm. you know yourself best, right? And she was like, saying that but no one was listening i mean and i was talking to maddie about it too i'm like so with the c-section i didn't get to hold camden first you know because they take him over to the like heating lamp thing and they do kind of their vitals which if i would have had a a normal labor or delivery i should say they would have given him to me right away and i right on they put them right on your chest they did that with my maddie was like well that's kind of selfish that you're worried about i'm like no i'm not worried about it but it's like in your head you like picture yeah 
how your your birth and delivery is going to or go. Or how you would want it to be, right? Yeah. It's you like, know? man, I carry this kid in my belly for almost 10 months. It's I like, want to hold him. Yeah. yeah. And just see him. But I, I get where she's coming from with that. But man, I guess I need to stop whining so much about my labor. Huh? Yeah. Hers was tough. They listen I to mean, me. I mean, thank goodness they're both healthy, you know, now healthy boys. Both boys, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Man, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. All right, so this one's from our listener, Mariah. She said, due to hip back issues, I had a scheduled C-section. Everything seemed like it was going so smoothly. We got into the OR right on time and delivery goes smoothly. Beautiful, healthy baby girl is delivered. So my husband goes over to the scale to do all the fun first-time dad stuff and getting a few pictures. They send him back over to me and he starts trying to pull his mask off. I hear the nurse say, No, you have to leave it on in the sterile zone. (laughs) And then I heard the anesthesiologist go, "Mm, nope, you're going to want to get come over here. My six foot six husband started to get overheated (laughs) and I felt he was going to pass out. So the anesthesiologist and the nurses had to leave me to rush him out in the hallway (laughs) before he crashed down around us. (laughs) So I just laid there, cut open, strapped down like Jesus going, so is he all good? (laughs) Is he okay? Is he coming back My nurse was like, I feel like you thought he'd be asking that about you today. He was fine. But now we're not so sure he'll survive being in there for round two. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, all this stuff as a woman that you're going through and you just like suck it up and you go through yeah. it and then you have the men passing out. And My first husband, he was in the room when I got the epidural for my for, for my oldest daughter and he passed out. Oh my god! Same gosh. thing. They had to get him a cot, wheel the cot in like he was laying on the cot and they were like tending to him, like giving him orange juice and stuff. And I was like... Uh, over here. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was supposed to be pushing. <laughs> You're like, um, what I'm going through seems a little worse here. Yeah, he was apparently, like, terrified of the needle. Oh. I didn't look at my epidural needle at all, but I have to say the anesthesi- anesthesiologist made it very easy. Like, it felt like nothing to me, honestly. Because yeah, I was holding I don't, Maddie's mine hand. Mine didn't feel like anything either. That's good. Because I was – that was one of the things I was nervous about. Like, oh, my God, what's this going to feel like? But I was holding Maddie's hand, and I was like, if this hurts, I'm going to squeeze your hand. And yeah. he's like, you actually, like, released my hand a little bit. Like, you felt okay. Yeah. So I wonder how big the epidural needle is. I want to know. We should look it up. I'm probably okay not knowing. <laughs> now I'm curious. <laughs> will you look that up and I will say another one of our listeners' stories. This one actually kind of touches base on an epidural, so it'll go right with what Perfect. we're talking about. This one is from Taylor. She says, of course I wanted all natural, but let's face it, your birth doesn't usually go as planned. I ended up having back labor, which literally feels like getting shot in the back. It's excruciating. The doctor on call at the hospital thought I had kidney stones. Not a single soul in my family has ever had those, and that made me want to walk my happy ass to another hospital. Oh, no. They ended up giving me some painkiller to help, but as soon as it wore off, I was screaming again. I got an epidural, then got induced, pushed for three hours, and finally had my chunky little eight-pound, seven-ounce girl. Needless to say, there is such a thing as back labor, and we need to bring more awareness to it, or else your doctor will think you have kidney stones, and then she has the emoji with the face and the... The hand yeah. and the face. Well, because kidney stones are very painful, mm-hmm. right? I've heard they're horrible. But okay, what well, I love, what I love that she wrote was, and also I did not shit while giving birth, which I'm really proud of. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I did. <laughs> Thanks for that, Taylor. There is a picture of an epidural needle, 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 
Uh, it looks like it's about nine inches. I mean, that's... Like yeah, but how much of it do they needle. actually use? I mean, they don't go all the way to the... Just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> My favorite. I mean, they lo- they they are very thin, but they do look long. Yeah. Right? I was I was so scared of that. That's why I kept saying, like, as long as I can wiggle my toes, like, I know I'm going to be just Ooh, fine. Oh, there's one, like, going in the back. Oh. I, that was one of the, honestly, one of the things I was the most nervous about. And I have to say that it was probably one of the easiest parts of my labor. But maybe is because I had the epidural after that balloon catheter. That Probably. And so nothing. anything after that was like, <sighs> yeah. Everybody else I know that have, has had that balloon catheter said that they had an epidural first. And I'm yeah, like, I wonder why they did that before the epidural. Why wouldn't they do that first so you didn't have to feel that? I have no idea. But man, I could cry like thinking about it. And like days after I would think about it and I would just start bawling. That's how traumatic it was yeah, to me. Yeah, that's terrible. I know. Here's a little funny one I found on the interwebs. My mother's labor was extremely short. I was born within an hour. Shout out to women like me. Sorry, I think no. you're purposely just finding <laughs> short birth stories. So that means that she went from experiencing minimal pain to extreme pain within little time to adjust. When my dad was driving her to the hospital, he unfortunately had to stop for gas. Oh, God. (laughs) He went in to pay, and just then an elderly man in a wheelchair stopped him, asking him to buy cigarettes for him (laughs) as the store was not wheelchair accessible. Of course. My mom then proceeded to lean out the window yelling, don't help the cripple. (laughs) No, (laughs) mom. We have never let her forget that one. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you just say stupid shit when you're in that much pain. Yeah, you you're like, thinking. no, no. Normally, you would help somebody. But like right now, I just you, you already had to stop for gas. Like, I just need to nope. get to the hospital. <laughs> Man. Damn. All right. This is my last story here. And this is from our listener, Ashley. She said, hey, fellow Wisconsinite here. Winking face. I like it. <laughs> Wisconsinite. So my husband and I got pregnant about a year before we planned in 2015. He had recently taken a job to do private security contracting overseas. A few weeks after he left for training, I found out I was pregnant. After I told him I was pregnant, he predicted we would have a girl. He came back in August and we told our families we were expecting. My due date was March 18th. He left in September for Afghanistan and was to be there until January. He elected to stay until the start of March in hopes of being here for the birth. Otherwise, he would have missed it if he came home in January. He was to be home on March 6th. Again, due date is March 18th. As soon as he left Afghanistan, things started happening on my end. On my way to the airport, I had my first contraction. His flight landed at 4.45 p.m. on March 6th, and my water broke at 1 a.m. the (gasps) next morning. Oh, my gosh. Our daughter, Eden, was born at 12.59 p.m. on March 7th, 2016, less than 24 hours after my husband came home. Oh, my gosh. Just wait. It gets even crazier. My husband has two lucky numbers, 7 and 11. Our daughter was born March 7th, and she was 11 days early. LOL. Crazy, right? Thanks. All the best, Ashley. Wow. Good thing he came home when he did. Mm-hmm. That's pretty be. awesome. That's cute. I believe in numerology as well, too, which is like where numbers mean specific things. So that's pretty awesome. So I, like I have to make fun of you for numerology like you made fun of me in my tea Your leaves. Your tea leaves. Oh, my. 
I believe in a lot of that stuff because even like your horoscopes, I feel like I am a Leo. I'm not a true Leo where it's like I always have to be the center of attention. Like I'm totally fine like sharing the spotlight. Sharing the spotlight or even just like not being in the spotlight at all. I am as well because I'm a Leo too, but we're both pretty close to the cusp. Like you're the 17th, I'm the 21st. mm -hmm. And I believe the cutoff is the 22nd or 23rd but i do not identify with a virgo at all i don't either but you have a sun sign and a moon sign right like everybody does my sun sign is definitely leo i mean i feel like i'm pretty true to being a leo but i just i can take a back seat sometimes but i believe in a lot of that stuff there's always especially like i make the joke so my mom is a gemini and my dad always said growing up don't marry a Gemini because they have two personalities. My dad would always say this as a joke. Well, Maddie is a Gemini. So, we, you know, we make the joke at it too. But there's – I think everybody has more than one personality. For sure. You know, I think there is definitely some truth to – I do too. To, to that. I My oldest daughter is a Gemini. I can contest to that. <laughs> <laughs> My youngest daughter is a Cancer and she's definitely a Cancer. I always think of Jim Gaffigan. And he's talking about of all the signs that you can be, you can become a cancer. And then he's like, and what's what's your animal? It's a crab. He's like, we just got like royally ripped on that. What do you got? Cancer. And I got crabs or however he says Aww. it. It's so funny. Cancers are very sweet. They are. They're very caring. They're very nurturing. Well, yeah. I'm not a cancer then. <laughs> <laughs> you just spit at me. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) I love your spit on my face. (laughs) All right. Well, I will end this episode. Do you like how I said that? I love it. (laughs) It's my favorite. With our classic, typical blonde joke. (laughs) (laughs) You just made eye contact. (laughs) Are you ready for me? Already, I just felt my waffle. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last episode. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the waffle. I still don't understand that a waffle vagina. I don't get it. All right, a blonde walks into a shoe store and tries on a pair of shoes. How do they feel? Asked the sales clerk. Well, they feel a bit tight, replies the blonde. The assistant promptly bends down and has a look at the shoes and the blonde's feet. Try pulling the tongue out, offers the clerk. Nah, they'll feel a bit tight, (laughs) the blonde replies. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) 